And now we've come to verse 17 in the epistle of Jude. So let's just start in right there, okay? Verse 17. However, you, beloved, remember the words. Let's look ahead a little bit. Jude does not want Christians to stumble in light of an onslaught of false teachers and false doctrine. He has well-defined the false teachers and the kind of teaching in general uh, that they would bring or try to introduce into the church. And so he makes an appeal now to the believers, to the church, and to individual believers. If we're not going to stumble, if we're going to have a guard up against false teaching, false doctrine, where do we start? We start with the word. He says, however, or but you, beloved, remember the words. That is, the all-encompassing words of who? Whose words? Here. Having been spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our church has its earliest beginning after the crucifixion, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Christ, the earliest beginning on the foundation of the profession of faith in Christ and the foundation, of course, of the doctrine of the apostles, the teaching of the apostles. If you look at Acts chapter 2, for example, one thing they paid close attention to was the doctrine of the apostles, the teaching of the apostles. We are no different Notice what he says, how he describes them. The apostles of our Lord, Jesus Christ, apostolon, the uh, ton apostolon, the sent forth ones. Now, the apostles of Jesus Christ had, uh, had, had certain credentials that no one else had. They were peculiar. They were unique. They were particular in the overall work of God, and they are seen as a very special group uh, in the Bible. Believers must have a strong defense in a spiritual battle where false doctrine is introduced. There is no stronger defense than the Word of God, the real, true, pure Word of God. In the New Testament, that is what's called generally the doctrine of the apostles, the the teaching of the apostles. So, and if in Paul's letter to the Ephesians, this is what's called our weapon, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Everything else is of a defensive nature in the armor of God, but the thing that we use to attack is the word of God. So the word of God is extraordinarily important for believers. This insulates us, and the stronger we, be, we get in the word of God, the, more we, the stronger we become in the word of God. The more insulated we are, against false teaching. We have the Holy Spirit of God in our hearts as believers. We're born again. So we have the we have the particular presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. He is our teacher. He guides us in our Bible study. And then the Word of God, according to the letter of the Hebrews, is a thing that lives. It's living. It's alive. So it bears witness with the Spirit that is born again. And that born again Spirit feeds on the living word, and we bear witness 
Our spirit bears witness with the living word and it teaches us and it feeds us and it strengthens us. And this is how we are strong uh, against the wiles of the devil, um, against the teachings of of false apostles and uh, false teachers. So we can never question the word of God. I have a real problem with anybody who claims to be a Christian and questions the word of God. I will say this. You can look at various translations and you can wonder why. Why does this translation read like this and this one reads like this? They generally say the same thing. But personally, I think that every Christian ought to strive in his life to, as far as possible, be a student of the original text, namely the Greek in the New Testament, the Hebrew in the Old Testament. Failing that should find someone who could teach you from that and stay strictly within the boundaries of that. The blessed, holy, pure Word of God should never be questioned by a believer. The first time the Word of God was questioned in in the time-space continuum was when the serpent questioned, Yea, hath God said. And of course, that tells us that from then on, the strongest weapon of Satan is to question the Word of God. So we read the Word of God. The Holy Spirit strengthens us in the Word of God, convicts us and convinces us of the truth of the Word of God, and thus we are strengthened against those like these who are who are false teachers, false apostles. Now, how's the Word brought to us? Whose Word? Here it is. Uh, the disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, He only, he only selected a, a, a select few to be apostles. We're all disciples. Let's get that out of the way. Every person who comes under the tutorial of of Christian student work and life is a disciple. A disciple is a learner. The Great Commission tells us to make disciples, to make learners. I can tell you... I'm I'm 69 years old. I read the Bible all the way through when I was the first time when I was 16 years old. I haven't I've I haven't laid it down since. May I say, and I don't know how many times I've read the Bible all the way through, and I study it constantly. Of course, this is my work as a pastor and a teacher. I study it constantly, especially in its original languages, and I I extract from what different people say about about different things in the Bible, about the languages, and I study the languages and what words mean and how they are to be applied and so forth. This is life and work to me. Having said all of that and having told you that for all of these years I have been a lifelong student of the Bible, every time I read a passage again, having read it, having read it no telling how many dozens of times, it always speaks to me in a new, fresh, and different way because the Bible is alive. Thus, I grow in the Word of God. This is how we are strengthened against false teaching, and this is how we can so easily identify those uh, who are false teachers. But we dedicate ourselves not to the works of men, but to the works of the Lord, and namely, the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They're the ones who were sent forth, and they lay the foundation, in a written sense, they lay the foundation of... uh, of, of, of New Testament doctrine, of New Testament truth. So these words were spoken and, of course, written by the apostles 
uh, beforehand, before anybody, because they were the first in the church to, they were the ones who gave us uh, basically the the New Testament in a, in the sense of being the human agent uh, from the divine hand and spirit of God. So we have these wonderful letters and instructions written in the word of God, and these things teach us and strengthen us. So here's what he says, but you beloved, Remember the words having been spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord, Jesus Christ. From the outset, we are warned about false teaching. Anything that is added to the gospel of Jesus Christ, anything that is added to, taken away from the blessed, holy word of God, and most particularly, for those of us in the church, we have to study who are living and so forth in the church. We have to pay attention to those things in the New Testament because they directly apply uh, to our lives in church today. Uh, we're, we're not the nation of Israel. So there are a lot of principles and wonderful things that we study and gain from in the Old Testament. But the enrichment of our Christian lives and how uh, to safeguard ourselves in these days in the New Testament era is, is to really, really, really focus on the New Testament. They were written beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what did they say? Here it is. That they were saying to you in the last time. Now, that word, uh, it means, the, the, the word that, as it's given here in the text, askatatu uh, krono. Epaskatu uh, in in the last time. Now the root of eskatu be eskatas, and that word, that root, that word, or the word here that's used, means the uh, furthest extreme end time. When we look at that word, we're taught a lot of things. One of the things that we are taught is that the New Testament era goes on and on and on, but it has an extreme last time. Frankly, I think we're living in those times, the last days, the last times. The doctrine of last things is called eschatology, and it comes from this word here, uh, uh, in the last time. So the apostles are teaching that something is going to happen and it's going to keep happening on, but it's going to get worse in the last time. They were saying to you, in the last time, there will be uh, scoffers. There will be those who mock the teaching, false teachers, if you will. Um, uh, impact, the, uh, those who, who mockingly present a teaching, knowing that it is an insult to the real thing. Well, the church has always suffered from that, but we especially suffer from it uh, in these last days. So there will be, I'll just call them scoffers. I think that's probably how the translators use it most. That they were saying to you, in the extreme last time, there will be scoffers, after their own passions, their own uh, desires. Now, that word, uh, 
Epithemius. Upon, epi, upon, thumos means heat or hot. It's a, it's a strong desire. It is, it is an eager, something that is, that burns within a person. So these, these false teachers will want to attack the church and, of course, the teaching of the apostles because it is a, it is a heated, strong desire, passionate uh, within them. So it says, after their own passions uh, of ungodly, fo- uh, following their own passions of ungodliness, of unrighteousness. The, the, the term God is not really used in that word, as to be owned. I know it's what they usually use, ungodliness, but it's impiety. It, it's irreverence, a lack, of, a lack of respect for the holy thing that should be respected. In these days, it should be, for example, the church, the teachings of Jesus, the Bible. But these teachers have no respect for that. Uh, they, they mock and scoff, and it's because it is something that is born within their fallen and depraved persons that causes them to want to attack the thing that should be held in reverence. That's what that word impiety or ungodliness means. But we go on in verse, uh, in verse 20. Uh, well, let me go back. Let me go back. And to get into verse 20, we'll open up an, another section here. Let me go back and, and review Verses 17 and 18. But you, beloved, remember the words having been spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this is a, um, this is a, uh, it's, it's, it's as though that we're, we're, we're under a sort of a command here, uh, told that we should remember the doctrine of the apostles, the teachings of the apostles, the New Testament. You know, you and I could just say the New Testament. But you, beloved, remember the words having been spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, namely the doctrine of the apostles, which is still namely the the New Testament, the teachings of the New Testament. How how do we grow, grow strong in that? Well, we read it over and over and over again. There are a lot of ways that we can study the New Testament. We can study it chronologically. We can study it in the way that it's given to us in the Bible order. We can study it, uh, first of all, by section. We can look at, uh, well, it's given to us by section, really, in in the order of the Bible these days. Uh, We can study it by author. We can study the works of Paul, the works of John, the works of Peter, uh, the general epistles, the whatever. You know, there are all kinds of ways to study it. We outline those things. We we get an idea of the overall message, and then we try to we try to study that thing and maybe try to come up with one word that is the meaning of the whole letter or book in the Bible. All kinds of ways to study and challenge ourselves in the scriptures. But this is the best way that we can be strengthened with the teachings of the apostles, the the apostolic doctrine. This is who we are. As the church and anything that floats away from that, and I'm so sorry to say that in these last days, so much of the church has 
has uh, loosened itself from the doctrine of the apostles uh, following the very things that we are warned against here. That they were saying to you, the apostles were saying to you, in the very last time, there will be scoffers or false teachers, mockers, those who mock who we are, what we do, what we believe, the Bible we read, the God whom we serve, the Christ who died for us. After their own passionate desires, following after their own passionate desires of impiety. So what do we have to be careful of? Irreverence. People who joke about the Word of God, the, the Christ of God, God Himself. People who laugh at, scoff, dismiss the Word of God. Those even in the church who, who laugh at, scoff, and take lightly the doctrine of the apostles. More than one time, I have been in the presence of people, some who were ministers, who, who, who took lightly the importance of doctrinal teaching because, and one of them actually said this in my presence. He said, that seems to, that seems to diminish the numbers when we, when, we, when we try to be so specific in doctrine uh, that, uh, that we lose people. And, of course, his argument was the important thing is to gain people, to have people. And, and, and my response is, what do you have there? What do you have if you have a large group of who really are non-disciples? What do you have? You have a, a bowling team, a bowling team. You have a a, a, a knitting team. A, a maybe people who like to play cards on Thursday night. What do you have? We're looking for disciples. This is the Great Commission. Disciples are learners. What are they supposed to learn? They're supposed to learn the doctrine of the apostles. That's pretty clear. Why? To protect us from stuff like this that we're being warned about here in the Book of Jude. So this is a good uh, this is a good introduction. These two verses, verses seventeen and eighteen, uh, into the call to persevere as Christians in every age, but especially as as the false teachings and the scoffers increase in the last days. Well, thank you for studying this with us today. We'll pick up there at uh, verse uh, nineteen next time. <music>